This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, Bryce. This is Christian Hubicki from Survivor David vs. Goliath. And Emily and I both have a few advisory notes for your esteemed listeners. The first is uh, get your headphones and listen up quick because it's the Purple Pants Podcast. Number two, uh, if you're listening in public, be advised that your stomach may hurt. So if the feeling persists for more than four hours, please consult a gastroenterologist because it's the Purple Pants Podcast. And finally, um, if you're going to unwind, get that box wine. Additionally, if you want a snack, you better hurry back because it's a, it's a, it's a Purple Pants Podcast. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah. Now, wait a minute. Let me get, give me a couple of seconds because I got to open up all these Valentines that I didn't had. Well, actually, I don't need a second because I ain't getting no Valentine's, so it don't really matter. Okay. Uh, anyway, we going bypass the Valentine's weekend. I hope everyone's weekend was filled with love. I hope you opened up some chocolate. I hope you got some cards from your zaddies and your hot girls. It was a weekend filled for love for some and a weekend filled with Uber Eats and box wine for others. Okay. I, don't, I, I didn't say it was me. Signal like, no, with me. But yes, welcome to this week's episode. If this is your first time listening, welcome. What's up? Make yourself at home. Get yourself a snack and hurry right back to my purple pants posse. What it do? Oh, what's up? We back for another weekend. If you could please pause this episode and make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Make sure you're subscribed, write a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Yes, what's going on? I hope everybody had a lovely Valentine, baby. But over here in Philly, over the weekend on Saturday, we had freezing rain. And listen, when I tell you I was on my way out 
to, you know, get a little bite to eat with some friends. I walked down my steps. I said, child, almost broke my back. It was a real thing here in Philly, this frozen ice. There are a lot of like Instagram pages um, that are like dedicated to like Philly things and baby, they were filled with people slipping and falling on ice. Now, it's not funny, but some of the videos was really, really funny, okay? This one person had a plate of food and he was walking out the house. Baby, the food went up in the air and he slid down the steps and was still sliding. I was like, oh my God. So make sure y'all are as careful out there. Hold on to the railings and walk slow because your baby boy definitely slipped down the steps. But sh- listen, I played it off, okay? It was people walking by. I was acting like I was doing a little dance, you know, boom, 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 okay? They, you ain't going to get me, okay? <laughs> But I am so excited for this week's episode. I got a jam-packed episode for you guys. So, you know, I got the church announcements. And on the menu this week, we welcome the breakout RHAP class of 2020, Chappelle. We are giving you a Black History Month special because you know it's Black History, okay? Well, it's really Black History Month for me all year round, but... Chappelle and I are recapping the black classic movie Hoodlum that stars Lawrence Fishburne, the late great Cicely Tyson, Loretta Devine, Queen Latifah. So it is definitely a recap you don't want to miss. And then this week we've got The Casualty with Amon and B and Bay Bay. We is breaking down some juicy topics, okay? We got Gorilla Glue, okay? We got NeNe Leaks, we got The Bachelor, we got Justin Timberlake. So you don't want to miss that. And then what podcast is complete without the freak of the week? The fr- 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 freak of the week, baby. So listen, without further ado, let's get into these church announcements. <laughs> On this week's church announcements, I have two announcements. The first announcement is if Beach Cabana Royale, yeah, Beach Cabana Royale, yeah, yeah, Beach Cabana Royale. Listen, you know, my friend Wendell Holland is on a new Discovery Plus show called Beach Cabana Royale, hosted by Snooki from the Jersey Shore. And guess what? It airs today it is out now february 16th so make sure you get your discovery plus go okay and share the password with me and you join me and supporting my brother okay none other than Wendeezy as he competes in this competition special where three designers from all over the US compete to create beach cabanas and they will announce a winner so you notice this team Wendeezy all day all night all week all year and all beach cabana royale so make sure you guys watch beach cabana royale on discovery plus okay 
okay? I need to listen, tweet me, okay? Take photos. Are you watching a story and tag me and Wendell, okay? Show your baby boy some support. It's Black History Month, so let's support a black entrepreneur, young designer on his way to amazingness. So listen, it's Beach Cabana Royale, Discovery Plus. Let's get it popping. It's out right now, today, February 16th. And for the last church announcement, if you follow me on Instagram, Bryce Isaiah or the Purple Pants Podcast Instagram, you will know that I am doing a zaddy calendar and hot girl summer calendar giveaway. Okay, I want to show some love and support to you guys that are always supporting me. So make sure you head over to my Instagram or the Purple Pants Podcast Instagram. Follow the rules and you can enter in a chance to winning the esteemed Zaddy calendar, the esteemed hot girl summer calendar. Okay. The rules are simple. You have to make sure that you are following the Purple Pants podcast. Myself, Bryce Isaiah. You got to tag a friend in the comment. More tags equal extra entries. Okay. And an extra point if you share the post in your story. Okay. Listen, I'm trying to spread some love because ain't nobody spreading no love for me on Valentine's Day. So listen, I'm, a, I'm on a roll for a better price. So I am, you know, spreading the love. Get you some zaddy or some hot girl calendar. All right. And that's going to conclude this week's church announcements. It's Beach Cabana Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Beach Cabana Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Be, 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 be. Beach, got out of Royale. Ah, ah, beach, got out of Royale. Let's get into this menu. It's a man who, it's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And we are keeping the menu rolling. I'm really excited for this. I don't know if I want to call it a black history special, but I well, first of all, let's just welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Chappelle What's popping. Hey, Bryce. How are you today? <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is, this your cor- is this your corporate work voice that you're trying to uh, bestow yes. on me? This oh. is my work voice from my office with my couch that uh, people I'm sure have heard about by now. Yeah, Bryce, I'm happy to be here with you. And this is, this is a work for me, though. This is fun, so I can change my voice up a little bit for you. Oh, okay, but I com- completely noticed the change and <laughs> did not recognize it because I would have never heard. Sir, <laughs> I'm at work all the time. What are you talking about? That's the lie detector term, and that was a lie. And ah! if, if we were on the Maury show right now, you will be running through the hallway. Running through the back, jumping on my couch that I have in my office crying. <laughs> yes. Maury, I am 150,000% sure that, that, that I have a job. Look at my nose. Look at his nose. I have a job. First of all, <laughs> if we're going to even get into this whole Maury subject, mm-hmm. I'm going to need Maury to stay off of the Instagram. Have you noticed him on the blogs lately, like in the comments and just... I can't even with Mari uh, in the yeah. Mari show. No, Mari act like he need viewers because he like if you say something like, you know, I think such and such is lying to me. Mari will tweet you and be like, do you need right. to take a lie detector test? Because I'm we here. got one here. Mari. Y'all drying up that much for, for people? COVID doing it to him. I Look, mean, listen. 
You post your baby picture, Mari gonna comment and be like, <laughs> right. so would you like a DNA test? Because you look kind of funny in the light. <laughs> well, Mari, if you listen, and I have a friend that I do not believe is employed and oh, is, stop. you know, <laughs> if anybody ever watched Martin, I would definitely call Tommy? Chappelle Tommy. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest the great in peace, Tommy. Tommy. But anyway, yeah. enough, because I could just go back and forth with Chappelle all day. We actually um, are coming together. You know, Chappelle is a member of the Purple Pants Posse and he listened to uh, one of my older episodes a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Cicely Tyson and uh, he was like, you know, you really should maybe pay homage to Cicely and we should review a a movie that she did and it's Black History Month so why not review, review a black classic? So we came up with the idea to review the classic movie Hoodlum um, and I personally have not watched Hoodlum since I was very very young and what I and I'm sure it's the same for you Chappelle um, the context of the movies when I watched them then and the context when I watched them now it's a completely different world oh yeah no I agree it's like what was that movie? It was like 1997. So I was a child and I was watching it and just looked like a movie about shooting, right? Like right, right. and shooting, like a shooting movie. That was the whole concept of the movie to me. And now watching it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like race relations in here and police brutality and drugs and, you know, and like all this other stuff and like gang war. It was just crazy to watch it from this lens and being able to kind of see some of the themes that happened in history, but as well as to kind of happen today, if you really want to be and honest. I, I was thinking the same thing. Um, absolutely. And um, another thing before... Well, anyway, so Hoodlum is essentially about in Harlem in the 1930s. And it's really like the post-Renaissance era where Harlem is really kind of flourishing. Like Black Harlem, there's music, there's fashion, there's a lot of black businesses. And, and one of the main businesses at that time in the 1930s was the numbers. Um, And so it's kind of like illegal gambling where people come around to eat, like, you know, your house, your businesses, and you put like $10. Essentially, it's the lottery. And Mm -hmm. before the government came and locked it down, so the mafia ran it. But in Harlem, since Harlem was all black, black people ran it. And so even in one of the lines in the movie because Lawrence Fishburne who plays Bumpy Johnson they ask him like why are you running numbers and he says like what way in this country today can a black man make $2,000 a week like that's really big money Mm -hmm. and so the premise a lot of the show is that Black Harlem is owned and run by the black people and you know the mafia kind of sort of wants to move in and they want to take the numbers over from the black people in Harlem. And I reached out to my mom because I told her I was watching Hoodlum and she actually was telling me a lot about how the story of Hoodlum was real and that it actually happened. Like the mafia really tried to move in um, on Harlem to kind of take it over. And it really kind of made me think a lot about Harlem today um, when you think of gentrification. And you know, Harlem used to be a very predominantly black area and now it is, you know, they're moving the indigenous black people that lived there, grew up there 
moving them out and building up these condos and all of this other stuff. So there are a lot of themes in Harlem that just really ring true to today. But before we even got into all of that, I wanted to say one thing that surprised me about Hoodlum, I didn't realize the black star power that was in there. I I knew Lawrence Fishburne. And Mm -hmm. for me, he will forever be the daddy and boys in the hood. (laughs) <laughs> what, what, wait for me he's like Ike Turner right well, like, I, I, <laughs> but it's just that toothpick I just I imagine that toothpick for him and then we have you know the late great Cicely Tyson as the queen madame but I also was so surprised to see I forgot Loretta Divine was in there yes and speaking of queens Queen Latifah Queen Latifah herself yes the, the queen the queen <laughs> And, you know, we can't forget Vanessa Williams, our first black Miss America before they took a title. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they took a title, right? Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, you, you need your resident light skin, and that is Vanessa Williams for everything that the 90s were. She was that girl. And so it was, it was good to see her in this role. I, I was, yeah, we were even starstruck by some of the background characters. Like, Queen Latifah was not a main part of right, this cast. Right, not at all. <laughs> but, so, okay, before we get in the hoodlum, so for me, Lawrence Fishburne will forever be the daddy in Boys in the Hood. You're saying that he will be... Uh, he's Ike Turner, Ike but Turner. you know, do you do you remember the movie Cornbread Early Me? I do. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, that's back when he went by Larry Fishburne. Right. He was a little boy. Yeah, that. So sometimes I think of him as Larry. You know, when I think I know him, so I look at Larry. But most times, it's Ike Turner. Yeah. And so, who for Vanessa Williams? What is her forever iconic role for you? Um, well, I mean, well, I, I always go ahead. You know, go. No, no, you okay. can go. It's fine. I, 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 can't, I can't even. I'm like, I'm that kid at that birthday. You know party. what you want to like, say. You know. She'll forever be Terry and Soul Food for me. For Soul Food, yes. yes. F the family. The family. F my yes. husband. Faith. Trifling behind. You want to talk about what? Yeah, you want to talk about what? what? Huh? <laughs> I'll never forget when they ran around that table. Okay. Yes, who, who? That crooked knife. Okay. She's going in. <laughs> Who will, who's, oh, what's the role Van, you always remember Vanessa Williams in? Oh, no, it's it's definitely the same role. It's definitely okay. Soul Food for sure. Um, okay. I always think of her as like, didn't she win like a Grammy for that one song, like Save the Best for Last? Um, so I think of her in a lot of ways, but you know, that's our that's our first Miss America. Yeah. Uh, you know, redacted, but still. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Removed. Yeah. Um, Loretta Devine, who, uh, what's a classic role of Loretta Devine that you think of? So for me, she she is like the equivalent of Lawrence Fishburne as far as like mm. fame goes. I could think of her in so many different roles, right? I think of her in Waiting to Exhale. Yeah, but, that, that, uh, ah! I, hope <laughs> I hope he's not watching me walk away. Oh, he is. He is. Yes. Look, but, um, but I also think of her in Grey's Anatomy going, Richard! You yeah. know, she, she's Chief Weber's uh, wife. Yeah. Now, X, <laughs> do you agree with this statement? I know people are in love and rightfully so with Violet. Uh, Viola Davis. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think that Loretta Devine, I don't think she gets her just dues. Oh, yeah. Like, no. I, like she is in every, like, ugh, I just, her acting, I just, there's so many movies that I can't even think of that I can just picture her in that I just really feel like Loretta Devine does not get her just dues. So here on the Purple Pants Podcast, I just want to make sure we give Loretta Devine yes. her roses. Bryce, we talked about a Loretta Devine thing before. Do you remember? 
Uh, yes, it was. Um, she, it was P Valley. P Valley, yes, because she she's the grand. <laughs> Go in, Loretta. Man, you know what? We low key need to let her know that she 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 is loved here in the Purple Pants podcast. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then the last person before we move on, and I I already know this will be the same answer. Who is your forever role for Queen Latifah? Well, whew. now see, I was gonna say, give me set it off, Queen Latifah, uh, but. But Queen Latifah was a baddie in bringing down the house. Okay? Oh, 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 <laughs> a my baddie. So, oh my God. Bringing down the house. <laughs> Mama, Mama. they're going to sell us tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. When she had, uh, what's his name? Steve Martin rapping. I, yes. That reminded me of when I had Rob sing a Lil' Kim. Oh, the best episode of Rob and Akiva Needs a Podcast. If you have not listened to that Purple Pants Posse, please go listen to your boy Bryce get robbed to recite Lil' Kim lyrics because it was the jump off. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'm asleep. So, give us, let's go into to Hoodlum real quick. Let's give them a quick synopsis of what's going on in Hoodlum and some things that we enjoyed, we liked, whatever. But go ahead, I'll be quiet because you know I'll just be you know, mama. <laughs> Are you crazy? Okay, so the premise of Hoodlum is you got 1934 Harlem. It's after the Great Depression and Cicely Tyson's character uh, Madam Queen is like Madame, she has like been running this multi-million dollar like business for like 10 years, right? So like Bryce was telling you like Black Harlem has the numbers, but Italian Harlem exists, uh, Italian New York exists as well. And they're trying to move in on this numbers game. So you got Dutch Schultz, who is like the uh, the other person who's doing the numbers. And he's got like his partners in crime. And he's got like, I think his name is Lucky Luciano. It's like the mob boss that's paying off the, the persecutors. And so it's kind of like these two rival factions against each other. You got the queen and then you got the, uh, the Italians. And then Bumpy, Bumpy Johnson gets out of jail. Bumpy Johnson is uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne's Fishburne. character. Yeah, exactly. And when Bumpy gets out of jail, he comes in on, like, he walks in on this war, basically, where the numbers, like, he can see his people thriving on one side, but he can also see the Italians kind of moving in on that. And so Bumpy has to, like, pick a side. And of course, he goes with Queen. But at some point, due to the, the warring factions, uh, uh, Madame Queen goes to jail and that leaves Bumpy in charge of the operation and Bumpy against the Queen's wishes go, but he chooses before, violence he does so <laughs> he I was chooses say, violence. it's very important for you to, to explain to them that the way the Queen ran her bank because essentially she was the bank of Harlem mm-hmm. she wanted peace and order she was elegant she ain't like you know she had people she had her goons around her that would kill if necessary but she like to, uh, you know when you think of like Queen Elizabeth like she liked to rule with power and mm-hmm. not by guns and the way that the mob was moving in on her they really wanted to take her out so when Bumpy Johnson got out of jail he quickly kind of like got together with his cousin Calvin who they call Illinois who mm-hmm. is one of my favorite characters in the show if you think of like the 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 movie Friday with Craig and Smokey that's how I really look at Bumpy and and Calvin. Um, mm-hmm. Bumpy would definitely be Craig and Calvin would definitely be Smokey. Um, so Calvin is almost like the comic relief, but when you really look at Calvin, um, 
in this lens, Calvin really did not want Bumpy to return to the numbers game. Like, he really, like, you know, he didn't want to be in the numbers game himself. Like, he knew it was a dangerous place, and he Mm -hmm. really wanted to make money and get out. And so he really always kind of, like, wanted to speak to Bumpy in a bigger way. And he really pushed for Bumpy, believe it or not, for Christ. Like, you know, Calvin mm-hmm. really was like a, a God-fearing man, uh, which leads us to how Bumpy met his love interest, which would be the Vanessa Williams. What was her name, though? I forgot. I think it was Francine. Francine. Before, before we get to Francine, because we got a lot to talk about with Francine, did you did you recognize Calvin Illinois from uh, from anything else? Uh, yeah, from Life with Martin Lawrence. Yes! Uh, from Roll Bounce. That's Lil Bow Wow Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, little Bow Wow Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Robance was a good movie, though, too. Robance was actually a really good movie. I actually didn't watch it when it first first came out with Nick Cannon um, Mm -hmm. and Christina Milian because I was like, oh, this is going to be wet. But. Robins was actually really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, enough. Come on with all these black history, uh, yes. fun black films. Black star power in this uh, film. Okay. But yeah, well, no, we can't overlook Vanessa Williams' character, Francine. Like, uh, like you were saying a second ago, Bryce, Francine is kind of like also trying to push Bumpy into Christianity. She's like a God-fearing woman. She says, hey, Bumpy, you ain't got to live like this. And to your credit, what you said earlier, Bryce, is true. Bumpy says, what else am I going to do to make this kind of money? Bumpy is also a felon. He just got out of Sing Sing like last week. So he, he ain't getting no good jobs no time soon. And so Francine's saying like, come to Jesus. And he's like, uh, I don't go to Jesus's house. So he and can he stay out of my house. my house. Right. <laughs> Another good thing that in watching this film that I don't think I had the vernaculars when I watched it when I was younger was I actually enjoyed. You know how we talk about there aren't positive imageries of like black men in film. I really enjoyed the complexity of Lawrence Fishburne's character. He wasn't just this mean, like, boss gangster guy he actually was very smart and one of the things that set him apart in this movie is that he used his brain however he was not scared to open a can of whoop ass but (laughs) he also was very smart and methodical and thought three steps ahead and i just really kind of like that imagery that like okay just because and again this is where my mind was taking it like don't ask me why but you know how they say college is not for everyone like Mm -hmm. for me this was like the example of like Bumpy Johnson like he's like I don't need to follow the regular route that everybody's going I can make a sustainable living for myself and do it this way even though I mean it was kind of sort of illegal but it just kind of like I I just kept trying to put it in like today's aspect of it Mm -hmm. and Bumpy Bumpy like you said he's a smart guy but he's also kind of sensitive Bumpy wrote poetry and that's how he got Francine you know her her attention because at first she was she was attracted to him because it's Lawrence Fishburne he's an attractive guy and then she realized oh wait he writes poetry he's more than just this you know gangster you know uh 
criminal and that's what kind of won her over now she probably in retrospect probably want to look and say okay well maybe if I know someone is doing crimes and stuff like that and is it a violent person maybe just don't let poetry sweet talk me into a relationship with them but it was part of it was his complexity that caught her attention if he was only a criminal she wouldn't have paid him any mind to so I also like the the complexity of Francine's character who is this you know Christian do-gooder serving the soup kitchen when they walking down the street if a homeless guy comes up she gives them a coin she also bought into this lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, that Bumpy provided for her so what there was this kind of like conflict in Francine it's like you know I'm with Bumpy Johnson but he's buying me these expensive things and I think one of the, the pivotal moments for uh, Vanessa Williams now mind you this is no shade just the purple pants posse I gotta keep it honest keep it um, so there was a moment where you know Duchess put a hit out for Bumpy because they're like at this they tried to kill the queen um, because the queen was going to an opera show they tried to kill her but Bumpy was with her okay and Bumpy ain't playing no games they boom 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 boom, boom. but listen (laughs) Bumpy told the queen get down okay (laughs) they thought they shot the car up Bumpy came out like pop 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 now mind you this film was like in 1997 so Mm -hmm. the gun might have been going but the Sound effects was like bop. It was a few bullets. Bop. It was it was a few. <laughs> and I even think I heard a droop. I said, "Now, bitch, what what the hell is a raindrop doing?" It was ninety seven. They was trying, Bryce. Damn, going But so after you know, after that, people was like, "Oh my god, Bumpy Johnson!" You know, he really became this well-known figure and now Duchess knew that oh shoot Bumpy is with the Queen so they put a hit out on Bumpy because in order to get to the Queen they had to get to Bumpy so Bumpy was over there macking up in his bachelor pad had tiger sheets I said what in the Joe Exotic is going on look that was the 90s you know that Bryce have you seen a waterbed recently But I also feel like that was the way the setup of Bumpy Johnson's bedroom was like the quintessential black bachelor pad and all like it reminded me of mm-hmm. like in um, New Jack City, his yes. bedroom. It kind of reminded me of Craig's bedroom and Friday when it was trying to give a little <laughs> yeah. bit. The 90s bachelor, the Nino Brown bitch. Yes, the Nino Brown. <laughs> so they try to come in and kill him, but Bumpy was with Francine. And, you know, these two guys came in there, boop, boop. They tried to beat him up, and Francine had to pull the trigger. So that kind of sort of signified her being like, I'm all in with Bumpy. And it kind of like, you know, played on her her good girl role a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've, I just feel like in that moment, Francine, because I was looking at her sideways, like Francine, uh, in that moment, I understand it, you had to do what you had to do to live. But the moment after, you know, everybody calms down, you should probably be thinking, what the hell am I doing right. here? Because this ain't my, this, this ain't my ain't, listen, game. I came, this over, ain't I came over for Netflix and chill and now I, I am rolling and killing. <laughs> right. I but, just came here to dance for y'all and that's okay, all. Okay. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right. So, this is what I will say. This is the part I just wanted to eat Vanessa Williams up a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get her. That crying scene when she had to shoot the guy, baby. Vanessa Williams was like, oh, I'm like, Vanessa. Act Vanessa. Okay. 
She was trying. I, she, she tried. She, she could have. I think they could have like had Loretta Devine in that scene to kind of just like help her a little bit. Oh, but, she did her fair share of crying in this movie as well. Oh, I hate to see it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, so um, another thing, since we just on topic, one thing I like about Hoodlum. And one thing I don't like about Hoodlum is I hate when you watch movies and like people don't die or like mm. you'd be like, how you survive all of that? Right. Someone uh, should die by now. Right. <laughs> so one thing that did bother me a lot in Hoodlum was that like a lot of the favorite people, they die. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was oh. like Game of Thrones. If you was rooting for them, they not here. Right. Again. They not here. OK. <laughs> then my last thing that we can't forget about. So it was the people that like, you know, uh, Bumpy's posse that he kept mm-hmm. around him. My favorite person was <clears throat> Whispers, <laughs> yes, whispers. Uh, whispers didn't play no games. Okay, no games. No games. See the uh, for the podcast listeners who have not seen the movie. The <laughs> reason why his name is Whispers is because he sounds kind of like Bryce in this moment. Can you do it again? Do the whispers voice, Bryce. It's whispers. What, what do you want me to do, Bumpy? <laughs> whispers had uh he had some some voice issues and so that was his that was his nickname you know and, and first of all in black neighborhoods you can get a nickname for doing anything at any given time and that was his nickname and whispers was ride or die what you know you're not explaining to them why his name is whispers well what happened to his 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 his, his throat what was it he's a gangster so somebody <laughs> tried to cut his throat and yeah. so when they cut his throat he couldn't talk like this but Another thing that I want to just point out with this movie Hoodlum <laughs> is that um Come back, Whispers. Okay, sorry. Is that <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I was like, why am I ki- <laughs> You literally had to pull that out of me because I was like I was trying to keep like Um and so again, like Chappelle said, this movie was in nineteen ninety seven. But it's just like I feel like the men in this movie have the Samuel L. Jackson effect because I felt like when I watched this in 1997 I felt like the Bumpy's muscle men they looked like they was 82 years old okay and <laughs> when I watching it back now they look like they're 82 years old <laughs> but you know it, they, they were supposed to be like in their 30s yeah, the civil, look, the civil rights movement did a number on them people. I be seeing, I be seeing pictures of of people, and like it'd be like, oh yeah, this person was twenty five, and they be looking like my my great uncle. And so, you know, I think uh, Jim Crow will do that to you if nothing else down here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, but even yeah, what you're saying is so true because like Lawrence Fishburne was that age until he wasn't right well, like so right, for me no, he was always this age so so, <laughs> so no so okay i'm a this where i'm going to disagree with you at so lawrence no you're not going to samuel l jackson lawrence fishburne lawrence fishburne <laughs> in this movie and lawrence fishburne and boys in the hood could have been on the zaddy calendar now anything <laughs> after that is kind of when he became the lawrence fishburne that like just the is, one on blackish right the one yeah. that's just <laughs> that, that's just what he's been like for the last 20 years it's kind of right. weird grand grand zaddy calendar is right where he's where he lands yeah no no that's a good point bryce also did you did you did you recognize whispers for anything else um yes whispers was Okay, you go ahead to tell me, but I he I, was in the five heartbeats. Oh, I was I was going to say the temptations. I was going yeah. to say the temptations. I was well, going did, 
the Temptations was in this movie too. I mean, um, <laughs> the guy who tried to poison Bumpy Johnson with the with the in the yeah, the guy who tries to poison Bumpy Johnson. That's Paul from the Five Heart. I mean, from the Temptations. I, look, I I know my people. So you might need to <laughs> might need to explain to okay the, the so who the to ba- yeah well back back to the to the to the plot of the movie I guess <laughs> at some point they're trying to assassinate Bumpy and they're trying different methods. Obviously, they break into his house and try to kill him. We we just talked about that Bumpy and uh and Francine kind of. Oh, you know, they shoot them up and they get away with it. But there's a moment in the movie where they're out having an ice cream sundae and Bumpy is about to eat his ice cream sundae. He knows there's almonds on his sundae. Well, he asks, you know, the, the person who runs the the sundae place, the ice cream shop, like, hey, who made this? He says, oh, Bumpy, hey, I, I, I don't know Bumpy. Yeah, he like, Bumpy. The new guy made The new guy made it. So we look at the new guy, and the new guy is Paul from the from the Temptations. Now, if you're not familiar with the Temptations, it was a, like, a musical group. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they had a, a very popular movie like a biopic I guess is what it's called right and mm-hmm. they had the movie uh, where they kind of go through the life of the Temptations it's kind of dramatized a little bit but it's pretty close to what exactly happened and one of the singers of the Temptations who, had pa- who has passed away since then was Paul and this actor is the guy who was trying to actively poison Bumpy but Bumpy did not fall for it he recognized the almonds was rat poison and he made Paul, that's what I'm going to call him, he made him eat the ice cream in front of everybody. It was wild. Hoodlum does a number on a lot of these characters. And another, yeah, it really does. Um, another interesting point is that, so there is Duchess, um, and he works for Luciani. Luciani is like the head of the mafia, and the mafia has the police and the mayor on the their payroll Mm -hmm. another interesting point to me was was uh, so let me just also just break this down so after they were trying to poison bumpy bumpy uh they actually arrested the queen for numbers so Mm -hmm. even though they were running numbers and they had the police on their back pocket so they arrested the queen which then put bumpy in power the queen left bumpy and said i want you to take over the bank but you know how i want you to run it so as they are now now that bumpy's in charge bumpy's like we are not only are we going to keep going we're going to move even stronger so they switched up their methods and they were like you know really booming um but they wanted to get back and so they were doing a lot of things to get back at dutch's place they blew up his liquor uh plate he ran Mm -hmm. alcohol blew that up and so it really became this big issue the fact that and again which i kind of love this theme of the movie was that the black people were not going to be moved the way the queen ran it the queen was scared her she felt like the walls were closing in and bumpy really kind of wanted to energize the queen and say like no this is our land we run this and so now that bumpy was in control of it bumpy was like we're not going to go away quietly like if you want to mess with us we coming for you and so it really kind of started to make this big issue around town and this is why this is kind of sort of how the conclusion of the conclusion of the movie comes about but the theme that i'm getting at is that once people um, that don't live in Harlem are feeling unsafe because now the violence and killing is not just happening in Harlem, it's happening all over the place. The mayor actually goes to, I keep, I, not Duchess, who was Duchess' boss? Um, 
Oh, um, Luciano. Luciani. Luciani. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes to Luciani and he says to Luciani, you need to fix this because they actually were worried about a black uprising and the black uprising making its way out of Harlem and downtown. Yeah, that's a great point because honestly, for a year, they fought this war in the black neighborhood. So it was black casualties you know people dying like you know not to spoil the movie for anybody who's listening but you know some of these black people that we name these black star power they did not make it to the end Loretta Devine yeah R.I.P. Pickfoot Loretta Devine didn't make it but a lot of people did not and so the Luciano started to realize if the black people bring this drama into the white neighborhood oh no that's when we gonna start to lose our people and we can't have that so Luciano put a stop to it Yes, but it was the mayor bringing it to his attention because, again, the mayor is in his pocket because, you know, the mafia is run like that. But for me, I just kept seeing the parallels in our societies today. And it just made me kind of sort of think about, like, this summer, Black Lives Matter, and we see the storming of the Capitol, and we see the difference of how it was handled mm-hmm. and I just for me and tell me if you feel like I'm grasping or tell me if you see it but for me I just felt like wow in 1997 it was apparent then that like you know oh you can't have this black uprising downtown you better put a handle on it and mm-hmm. I just for me it was just like oh that's very much black lives matters marching down the capitals marching in these cities and you see the the show of force that came out for the black lives matter so i it, it's just so interesting how again it, it's just the fight that we as black people as people of color in this it just seems like it's the same fight over and over and over and over and over again and it's just like it's I don't know it it, it just part (laughs) of the movie just kind of really just was just disheartening to me because it was just like here was this black community thriving and the whole issue was that like not that forget the fact that what they're doing is illegal because the mafia what the mafia is doing illegal but (laughs) right the issue became when Harlem started making huge amount of coins and so but it just Mm -hmm. for me it just was like those strong points and it's just like wow it's first of all 2021 this movie was made in 1997 and it's actually depicted from the 1930s and and it seems like almost nothing has changed Uh. and that's and that's what makes it disheartening uh to watch a lot of media like this is because if it's a period piece you have to show the trauma or it's not authentic right like you can't show us what happened in 1934 unless you are telling us okay and also it was kind of screwed up to be black back then um and you make a huge point in that like the government often won't get involved in stuff as, until it start affecting the majority, right? Like if it's a minority situation, a minority neighborhood, like sure, crack is in the is in the hood, it's fine. But let opiates get into the white community, and then all of a sudden it's a crisis, mm-hmm. you know? Or you know, like or even these black people in this movie who were doing the numbers and stuff like that, they were fine shedding blood on black soil when it was black casualties, right? But God forbid, bumpy move into the white area, and then it becomes a problem. And that's something that we've. Seen 
seen over and over again. It's exhausting, honestly. But I think because of movies like this that kind of depict, you know, and, and redepict, I guess, what what life actually is, that mirror that stuff, it gives you, like, uh, something to kind of base your argument off of, right? Like, right. Bryce and I can now say, like, look at Hoodlum. It was a depiction of stuff that really happened. And 20 years from now, there will be depictions of, of the stuff that happened this summer, for sure. Movies and, and commentary based on the, you know, this very media uh, depictions of, like, what exactly is the disparity between race and equity here in America when it comes to, like, crime and other things as well. So, yeah, all good points, Bryce. I think you hit the nail on the head. It just puts us in a position where we have to say, dang, like, even back then in 1934, the police were crooked sometimes, uh, you know, you know, not to say that all cops are bad. Some people believe that, but depending on, you know, from no matter where you stand, there's a historical precedent of, you know, the cops being against the black people. Uh, and so you can take that for what it is, but you can also look and say, how does that affect your everyday life moving forward? And if it's, if you're privileged enough to where it doesn't affect your life, then good for you. But some of us don't have that luxury. And this movie was an example of that for sure. Absolutely. And then when you think about how the conclusion of the movie came was because once, you know, like we said, the money started getting to Luciani and Luciani had always been a Luciani was had always been a a wider thinker. So at the time and from some of my readings, it looked as if Luciani wanted to partner with the queen. However, mm-hmm. I mean, p- partner, colonize, I don't really know. <laughs> um, but it looked like they, they wanted somewhat of a peaceful transfer of power. Um, and it looked as if, like, Bumpy kind of stopped that. Because Bumpy is like, why do you have to give in? And they're not getting anything out of it. But Luciani wanted it to be peaceful. However, Duchess did not. And so at this time, after Bumpy is making all of this ruckus, which, you know, is if he didn't, then the outcome would not had be what it is. Um, so mm-hmm. then then I start getting references of I start seeing this whole, whole another place that I took it. But then I started seeing Queen Madame as mm-hmm. Martin Luther King. And I started seeing Bumpy as Malcolm X. Um, Just, you know, just like little like there's glimpses of that you can kind of sort of pick apart the characters. But anyway, um, he once the issue started coming up town, they're like, okay, we need to figure this out. So they're like, let's bring Bumpy to the table. And Duchess could not be at the table with a black man. And that's really kind of what the root of Bumpy. Uh, I I don't know why I'm getting these things wrong, but that was really the root of Dutch's issue was that like, you know, he used a lot of derogatory names, but he did not feel as though Bumpy could have a seat at the same table as him. Mm -hmm. And that was ultimately (laughs) Dutch's downfall was that he could not see Bumpy at a table with him. And unfortunately, Bumpy was way more classier. Bumpy could dress way more better. And Bumpy was about his business. And Luciani kind of sort of saw that. And so that was really the, the conclusion of the movie. Wrap it on up for me, Chappelle. Yeah, that's probably the, the biggest driving force of the movie and, and how it concludes is that the same way Dutch couldn't see like 
bumpy at the table with him. He had black allies as well who he also treated like he treated bumpy. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to it at the end, when uh when Luciano has now partnered with uh partner with Bumpy, like his black friends, Dutch's black friends were betraying him. He has a, a driver who gave him incorrect information. He has like a right hand man who betrayed him as well because they were able to see that this man, despite his power, does not look at us like people. Right. And so those partnerships almost acro- like reaching across the aisle, some would say, between uh, Bumpy and the black people who were working with uh, Dutch Schultz. Um that is really what what uh, was his un, un, his undoing. He couldn't see Bumpy as a human, but he couldn't see his his underlings as humans either. The black ones, at least, and they betrayed him. And then ultimately, Bumpy got the better of him. And that's kind of how the movie ends, without spoiling too much of the fanfare in between. Right. But uh, another thing that I also want to bring in is that like the 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 sowing of Christ, and that how Bumpy said God doesn't come to his home, he won't come to. God don't come in the Bumpy house and Bumpy won't go in the God's house. And so that all kind of ended. Another spoiler alert, cousin uh, Illinois died and kind of sort of upset at Bumpy because Loretta Devine's character died, which is his love interest. And the whole time uh, that... Calvin, Illinois' cousin, you know, Mm -hmm. which whatever one, all three, um, he he didn't want to die. Like, and you know, throughout the movie, he's always kind of sort of questioning, but I'm like, do we want to do this? Do we want to do this? And again, he was like the voice of reason, although he was the comic relief for Bumpy, he really was the voice of reason. And it was, he was one of the only people that could really check Bumpy. So when he died, it really affected Bumpy a lot. And so the end of the movie, when I, I don't know why, first of all, I just love to cry at movies. Okay. Just whatever. <laughs> just judge me if you want. But like, I like, I like a good cry if I watch it movie so judge me if you want but it's calvin it's cousin in uh illinois's funeral and bumpy goes to the funeral and it is a really emotional uh kind of like scene because this whole movie we see bumpy being this stark strong like you know mobster and here he is kind of sort of breaking down but also i just felt like it was saying, I don't know, I, I felt like it was a new beginning because all throughout the movie, Bumpy said he don't go to God's house, guys don't go to his house. So I just felt like, what is this saying? That the death of his cousin, which was his best friend who did not want him in this like in lifestyle, is killed, and that is what's bringing Bumpy to the house. And he's yeah. having an emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bumpy been hard this whole entire time. Like he's been watching the same bloodshed that we watched, the same bloodshed that got Bryce crying. Bumpy has been walking around living that life, and he has not shed a tear. I mean, we have seen this person die, this person die, this person die, and Bumpy has just been unfazed. He's he's attempted to go to church again for someone else's funeral, and they kicked him out. Right? Um, they were like, "Nope, this is your fault." Bye. And so for him to go to his cousin's funeral at the very end was a very powerful statement because. He probably didn't think he was ever going back to church, you know, and so now he's at church. This is largely his doing. And he has to look almost like look his cousin in the face and kind of look at the things that he's done and wonder if it was all worth it. You know, if if, at what cost was all of this violence and and war for if you have to look at the loved ones, you know, that you lost and and look at them in the rearview mirror, because by the end, there's no Francine. There's no cousin. There's no there's no Loretta Devine. Look, I don't see Queen Latifah. 
It's not just what Bumpy. It's not like Bumpy was just standing up to be like, oh, like I'm gonna right. be a bouncer. Like he was standing up actually for the black community. Like the bank, the Queen's Bank supplied the black community. The Queen's mm-hmm. Bank was the lenders for those black community. The Queen's Bank, those runners, it put money in the pockets. Like the Queen's Bank, that empire fed that community, and it was black owned. Mm-hmm. So for me. I just feel like it wasn't Bumpy's fault or was Bumpy really fighting the good fight for black people? It could it could be both, right? It can be both. You can one say I'm not going to bow down to this oppressive thing that's happening. But you can also say, you know, maybe this route is not the thing that is the best for me right now or for the people. So although he was and and you kind of notice it as well, Bryce, that the people in the movie go through the same thought process when they when Bumpy first saves the queen in that assassination attempt. Oh, they're like, Bumpy, you're out here doing the Lord's work. You are saving Harlem. We love you. But then when it's their kids and their loved ones, they're, they're dying on in front of them. They're like, Bumpy, please stop, you know, stop. And even Madame queen she says it when she first when she realizes kind of bumpy's attitude toward things she says it like look you you don't think i see you but i see you i see your ambition and and you want to be here so i think it's a combination of him wanting to also he wants to be the big dog but he also wants to be the big dog for a cause so he just gets caught in the middle of that but right but i i so don't get me wrong like he definitely enjoyed being running the shots and being the shot caller like I I don't take Mm -hmm. that for granted from him but I I just don't feel like okay and but my ex out the mafia in this he would have just been the big shot called like you know what I mean he would have just been the big guy so I just feel like the violence and stuff started coming from when they were attacking and they wanted to take him and it's like he is fighting back because he knows if he does not fight back they will absorb it all Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, and look, and we see that. In I mean, we, it's every, 2021. We we see what right. Brooklyn looks we like see, right now. We know, and we we see that all the time in every in every like aspect of you know where gang violence and stuff comes from. Like because you were born in a specific neighborhood, you're pro, like in a different in a specific time in a specific place that can dictate who you become. Because there are a lot of people who don't have the opportunity to go to college or to find a better way or a better job, and we don't know what led Bumpy to where he was at that moment. But in that moment he didn't have many other options there were options but they were not attractive options for someone in his position and so yeah he's definitely a product of his environment he's probably a product of the of the criminal justice system he's probably a product of, uh, of racism, the education system of the, education of the redlining system, system. exactly like, listen, social economics exactly. but listen it my, all I goes guess, hand in hand yes and so but is he the hero or is he the villain i don't know because uh, although he might have saved harlem at what cost, right? If you're Queen, if you're if you're uh, Illinois, he's the villain. But I mean, uh, I just, uh, you, you know, I, I just, you got to live I, to tell the story. No, I mean that is true, but mm-hmm. there, I feel like there would have been bloodshed 
with or without Bumpy. Oh yeah, you know, and it, you know what, Bryce? It's 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 funny that us like this movie could put us in a position where there might not even be a hero. You know, like he did what he had to do, but guess what? These people were still in Harlem, right? You know, these people were still, and I, and I'm not saying like what Bumpy did might have saved them from this war, but these people still got to deal with cro- crooked cops. Well, right, still got to deal with the battle. Still got to exactly because yeah, exactly we know what the war was, but mm-hmm. it's just it's honestly so just I love the evolution of this conversation because. You know, when I was watching it and I was hitting some of these, like, I was picking up on some of these keynotes. I don't think they resonated with me as much as right now yeah. when I'm talking to you. And it, it just is so interesting. Um, but again, it's just so, uh, I don't know what the word I want to use. I mean, but if look, look at who came out of this completely unscathed. It was still a white man at the end. Uh, right. Lu- Luciano still is the big bad person. Right. He made this. It, it started and he funded it. And then when he wanted it to stop, it stopped. And we and I say we mean the black people in the movie. They they were just casualties of right. a bigger system. And so Bumpy was the hero of his tale. He did what he had to do and he has to deal with the consequences of, of those actions. And a lot of people will benefit from the things that Bumpy did in that moment. But ultimately, the real villain is still there. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of tough that you could go through all of this to help your people and or just to better yourself and still be under the thumb of somebody else. And that might have been the ultimate thing that we were supposed mm-hmm. to take away from this. And that's you true. Know? So yeah. true. So true. So true. Wow. This was, was such a good movie. Such a good movie. And I'm so happy that I rewatched it. I will say this Purple Pants Posse, the beginning was a little slow. And I, you know, was just kind of questioning myself like, is this really a classic movie for the first like 20, you know, because it's up like two hours and 15 minutes. Um, and I'm just like, well, when is the, the meat and potatoes going to happen? But I'm, I'm just so grateful that I was able to, to rewatch it. And Again, it's just so eye-opening, so many themes uh, from a movie from 1997 that's based in, you know, 1930s when the black people were thriving and it's just Mm -hmm. you know just really goes to show you a lot but thank you so much Chappelle for taking this I don't want to call it a deep dive maybe like a skinny dip maybe a yeah uh, a a medium I don't know what you call it medium rare I love skinny dip no skinny dip is good (laughs) I mean yeah I I like uh, skinny dipping into the podcasting for sure (laughs) (laughs) we wouldn't want to hear that employer uh, what Uh, they would say about mm, that they my employer I, if they are listening, I'm a happy, happy employee <laughs> of that company, and I am at work daily from eight to five. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you so much, Chappelle. Where can the people find you at? Because if you don't know, Chappelle is on the Twitter, and he tweets, retweets. Chappelle texts me; he tweeted something. Twenty minutes later, I went to go look for it. He had forty other tweets up. I said, "What? And what is going on?" Because <laughs> in uh, my yeah. mind, a person that works doesn't have that much time. But you know what? Wow. I'm gonna just be Bumpy Johnson to the situation. Okay. Uh, purple pants posse. Now y'all know. 
I, I be I can tweet at work. I just trying to figure out how Bryce be on all these trips with Wendell on, oh. at work at the same time. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> all right, gotta go. <laughs> but let, let it was be- fun, Bryce. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to see all of my tweets because there's a ton of them. Um, like he said at Chappelle's show. That's C H A P P E L L S underscore show. Uh, I'm normally just uh, laughing and joking. If you want to say hi, I'll say hi back. But if you're negative, I'll block you. And oh. so you don't have to do that. Just oh. don't get blocked. Oh, the block, yeah. the block party over there on the Chappelle. It, it be hey, popping. My trigger finger be itching like Ooh. Bumpy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, guys. This is Whispers. Let us know what you thought about the recap of Hoodlum. And if you would like Chappelle and I to do other recaps, tweet us. Let us know. Uh, and yeah, we will talk to you guys soon. Shout out to Whispers. Sorry he had to go too. But definitely, if you got something from this, if you like something, if you disagree, please tweet us. Let us know. And you know, Chappelle will get back at you because I'm going to just like the comments. Like, no. But thank you so much. And <laughs> We will talk to you soon. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a casualty with Amon and B. 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 And we are back this week. I'm so excited. I've been waiting two weeks to get my baby boy, Aman, all went back on a podcast. What's up, baby boy? What's going on? Yo, yo, yo. Back again for another one. Super excited. I've been looking forward to this. I mean, because the world of pop culture just doesn't start moving, even if it, the pandemic tries to shut everything down. It does not stop moving at all. And if this is your first time listening, this is Aman and B in the Casual Tea, where Aman and I take or tackle uh, casualty of the pop culture that are really things that come up in our lives of the things that we watch. Um, and so watch, see, hear, and listen. So we got a really good little lineup for you today. So let's just jump on in. First on the, uh, I don't know, the tea packet, the teacup is Miss Tessica 
Brown, <laughs> a.k.a. Gorilla Glue Girl. Now, first of all, I just want to say it should be Gorilla Gorilla Glue Woman because Tessica is in her 40s. <laughs> okay? Yes. Yes. So this story hit the internet waves. This is, has been the, you know, for January was storming the Capitol. Okay, and mm-hmm. February has very much so been Gorilla Glue Girl. And if you don't know, Tessica Brown is a, you know, a a woman, a black woman, and you know, she likes to wear her hair slicked back into a ponytail. And if any of my listeners know, you know, sometimes, you know, we gotta lay our baby hair down. We have to, you know, put you know, put some holder spray in our hair to give that slick look, pop a ponytail in, and you know, whoosh, 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 go on about your day. Well, Tessica was running late. She was out of her gots-to-be hold, okay, which is a staple in most African-American women's house. And mm-hmm. she she was out of it. And the next best thing that she had was Gorilla Glue, the, the adhesive. Best, okay, the next thing best thing, it. okay? <laughs> and, bitch, why was it in your bathroom, okay? Girl, were you uh, gluing together your sink? Did your sink come apart and you, you know, was sealing it back up and it was just in the bathroom? I digress. So, you know, she figured, let me just spray a little Gorilla Glue in my hair, pat it down, and I'm going to go to work. And when I come home from work, I wash it out. Well, Gorilla Glue Uh, (laughs) held strong. And when she got home from work, she could not wash it out. Okay? It wouldn't move. It wouldn't go. And it had happened almost a month and a half ago where her (laughs) hair was just in this, you know, position. Just keep me hanging on. (laughs) Okay. And she was so frustrated, allegedly, that she took to the Internet because nothing she could do worked. And she took to the Internet. And in true internet fashion and in true black Twitter fashion, it went viral. And at first, the viralness of it was people making fun of her. Like, girl, what the hell? (laughs) Then the tides kind of turned into, oh, we should actually feel bad for her. Then the tides turned to, oh, she should get verified on Instagram. Then the tides turned to, let's start a GoFundMe and raise almost $40,000 for her. Then the tides turned to, let's go to the emergency room. We'll put acetone on your hair, but it will take 20 hours. But she didn't want to wait the 20 hours, so then she went home. Then the tides turned to, celebrities started reaching out. <laughs> then the tides turned to a uh, hair sp- or a, a cos I, I'm about to say cosmetology. A plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills reached out to her, flew her out to Beverly Hills, and they performed a I think it was like a four hour surgery using like acetone, aloe vera, um, and some other stuff to actually get it out. Now I'll be quiet and I'll let you talk because I got more to say. But go ahead. Yeah, so I remember I was scrolling through Twitter, maybe like the first or second day that this started popping up, and 
I just kept seeing it, but I never actually clicked play, and so I just never really knew what was going on until uh, a group chat with a few friends of mine started talking about this, and I was like, oh, that's the video that I kept seeing on Twitter, and so I finally clicked on it, and I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was in shambles. I was... Whew, I was cracking up. I got such a hearty laugh from this because I just don't understand where the jump goes from <laughs> hair glue to Gorilla Glue. Like, everybody knows what Gorilla Glue is. Now, 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 I've been hearing. Now, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a beautician. I'm not really a master on beauty products and hair products, or any of that. So, what I've been hearing is that there is a brand with a similar name called Gorilla Snot, in which people um, like to use to uh, put their their eye, their fake eyelashes on and things of that nature. So maybe what she was thinking when it was the same brand as Gorilla Snot. And it was like, oh, well, then I can just throw this in my hair. But the thing that I don't understand is, once well, again, not a beautician. So how did just, you get it in your hair without it automatically sticking to your hands, sticking to the comb that you use? Because I assume that you use the comb to slick it down. Weren't you kind of worried the first day that it happened when your hands were flaky because of the glue, the powerful adhesive that was on your hands? How did you get your hands out of your hair? That's another question. I just, I'm having an issue with the the sequence of events mm. and how this all happened. Well, let me also just break it down. She actually had the spray bottle of Gorilla Glue. So it comes in a like aerosol can. Um, so if you are, say you're like tie, like say you're in your kitchen and one of your back tiles falls out, you could spray the Gorilla Glue on the tile and it will stick. So she had the aerosol can of it. And I actually just pulled up a image of Gorilla Glue and it says Bonds Wood, stone, metal, ceramic, foam, glass, and more. So maybe it's the and more for her that she just thought, um, the and more. You know, the and more that I don't got my gots to be holding glue. And so let me use the Gorilla Glue. I so, just feel I, like the yes, and more. It, <laughs> <laughs> the and more is talking about other hard substances like this is like talking about like if you're if you're i don't know if your roof is coming off you can okay take that shit and <laughs> apply that to a roof if your tv mount is about like if your tv's about to fall off your wall you just spray a couple of dabs on there and then that tv's going to be stuck to there until the, the jesus comes back well like, I, I don't think they're talking about right and then I'm just like, Tessica girl, you never was like younger and played with super glue and had it like make your like the tip of your hand hard. Like that wasn't a indicator exactly. for you. That's why I'm like, it's, I feel like the spray has to be. I mean, the Gorilla Glue is fast acting, period, whether it's the, the regular stuff or the or the spray. So I'm just questioning as to how she was able to like slick it all down and style it. And it didn't immediately dry. Like she had it back in like a used. ponytail. So she just had it back in a ponytail and just sprayed it like holding spray, like hold they like they have like oil sheen and holding spray. So holding spray, you literally just spray on your hair and you don't even touch it. So that's really kind of what I, I guess right. her thinking was. Here's my issue is that there have been a lot of skeptical people uh, 
that's you know on the Twitters on the Instagram that feel like she did this for Insta celebrity. And at first, when people were saying this, then there was a whole backlash of people like, no, this is a black female that is really dealing with this situation. And so I was like on the fence. I'm like, to me, this feels very social media stuntish because one, like for one, she's saying the only reason she went to Instagram or to the Internet was because she had no other where to turn. Mm-hmm. And okay, I mean, I guess maybe the first place you should have turned was the ER. <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. I understand. So there were a whole backlash of people that were backlashing the people that were backlashing her. So then it really kind of sort of became like this, you know, a sad story. But for me, what I just thought was interesting was that after this situation happened, she got verified on Instagram. She started she started doing interview circuits as if she as if she was on season 42 of Survivor and it's getting ready to premiere. Then when we saw that she posted a video of her in the hospital and then we saw that later that she left the hospital because she said that it was going to take 20 hours and she just would rather do it at home. Baby, if it took me 87 hours, my ass would still be in that hospital. Okay, so then we see a video of her cutting the ponytail out. So now the ponytail is free, but you know, she's pouring the acetone, which is like, you know, what we use to take nail polish off. It's burning her. Then we see she goes, flies to Beverly Hills, all paid for. Then we see celebrities tweeting her. Then we see this GoFundMe that at this point has surpassed $40,000. And then, you know, a couple of days ago, we woke up and, 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 on top of all of this, after she went to Beverly Hills and they were able to get it out, the bitch still has her hair. Like, mm-hmm. they were able to salvage her hair. So I'm like, oh my God, like, that's a success in itself. So, but this was, and, and then I was going to leave it alone. I'm like, you know what? She made a mistake. Girl, girl, go ahead. You got your hair. Let's go. Then, for me, what took me out was now she has merchandise now she's got gorilla glue hoodies now she's got the bond is strong hoodies shirts and stickers miss tessica first of all okay like i guess you know if you want to capitalize off of a situation i guess but sis in my opinion you're doing it all wrong honey why in the world would you be selling hoodies girl you should have got a sponsorship with an actual holding spray with an actual hair care line that would be so much more in brand than with you trying to make a quick dollar on hoodies I, you know, I mean, I don't think that that's a bad idea. Well, you know, the thing, okay, the thing for me is, because I tend to agree, I mean, I feel like I follow the same progression that a lot of other people did, right? Like, you see that stuff on there, you start 
just guffawing because it's just like how could someone do something like this to themselves it's just hilarious and then you begin to realize okay maybe she she probably did make a mistake like this looks like she I mean in the second video that she posted she was clearly like about like she was holding back tears because her right. hair had been stuck like that for a month and she just <laughs> didn't know what to do so you're like okay I feel bad for laughing now like I hope that this girl figures it figures it out right so I understand, like, going to the internet because you're at your wits end. I get all that. And I'm glad that she was able to get the support that she needed. I'm glad that that, that, that uh, kind gentleman, that plastic surgeon over in California was like, oh, come over here, free of charge. I'll figure out a way to take it out. I mean, it's good publicity for that plastic surgeon as well. Right. Um, but... The thing that the thing that I sort of like was wondering about was whether or not Gorilla Glue was going to do anything about this, and all they really did was release a statement. And at first, I was like, "This seems like a wonderful PR moment for your company because you can not only advertise just how good your shit is, <laughs> like your your glue is keeping someone's hair in the same spot for a month. You could also, as a you know, as a sign of good faith, be like, you know what?" How about we help you out here, toss you a couple of dollars to get your get your stuff straightened out, and then move on from this. But then I thought, mm, I, no, yeah, no. If I was Gorilla bad. Glue, right, I would want to stay the hell away from this. They issued a statement basically saying, uh, "Our our glue. We heard about the situation. We are deeply saddened. We hope that there's a resolution. But again, we're praying for all, you. We're praying for you. And our our labels clearly say it is not." For hair, skin, or eyes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if I were Gorilla Glue, I would want to stay as far away from this. Then there were people like saying like, oh, Gorilla Glue should offer her a sponsorship. No, the hell they shouldn't. Gorilla Glue is for wood. Okay. And they've been doing, they've been doing just fine. So maybe, maybe there isn't a hair care product that wants to touch this either. Because I guess at the end of the day, what it's doing is if you award, I mean, we've already, the public has already awarded her enough, right? By giving her the 40,000. Now I understand donating to the GoFundMe before the solution had, had surpassed, right? Because right. we didn't know what was going to happen. We were, people were trying to, you know, show their support. But now that the, now that her hair is saved, I mean, maybe she, maybe she lost a little bit, but for all intents and purposes, that hair has been saved, okay? Right. She's not bald. She's, she's not bald. She's going to be okay. She didn't, like, I mean, she might have a few chemical burns here and there, but she's going to be fine. I feel like at this point, like, giving her anything else is just sort of, like, rewarding stupid behavior because yes it was a stupid thing for her to do yes we can have empathy for her yes we can have sympathy for her but at the end of the day it was a bad decision to make and i feel like there probably isn't just like gorilla glue wants to stay far away from it i'm sure a bunch of other companies are like no we're not about to get involved in this because now what kind of precedent does that set for everyone else on the internet trying to make a quick buck off of stupidity i mean it's the it's the tale as old as time when it comes to the internet you know and we know where that forty thousand dollars went to start her hoodie line. Anyway, have did you also hear of the guy who thought that she was faking it and gorilla glued his lips shut and lost a portion of his lips because he put gorilla glue on his lips? I heard I didn't hear about that, but I heard uh something similar about I mean I saw a video, I don't know if it's been verified or not, but I saw a video of this woman who decided to uh, pour oh. the Gorilla Glue oh. in another oh. section of her body oh. that would not be oh. good. Oh, yeah. you know what? Yeah. And on that note, we're going to wrap wrap it up, <laughs> okay, on the Gorilla Glue. Best of wishes to Tessica Brown and her newfound, like, fa- 
uh, her newfound famousness on this. Best of wishes to her. her I will family. not be buying any of those hoodies, girl. I will not. Good luck to you. I will not. <laughs> G- g- continue. All right, let's keep it moving to another um, lady that has been making the headline circuits is Miss Nene Leakes. You know, one of my favorite people from the Housewife franchise. I am currently not watching the Real Housewives of Atlanta this season. One, because it's boring, and two, because my girl Nene is not on the show. Uh, we know that, you know, her and Bravo could not come to a deal, and so they have parted ways. Since then, Nene has been very vocal about her treatment uh, how she was treated at Bravo and she's really kind of started this campaign for you know black women in reality TV and that you know just that how there is not a lot of support for reality TV um, now I am one that I love Nene and uh, however I do like to keep it a honey and I do like to be to, to say all, all, all sides of things so now more recently Nini has been dropped from her management company. Like they have ended ties with her management company, um, or they ended ties with her. And now Nini is on the internet circuit, basically screaming discrimination, saying that, oh, they didn't want to work with me because of this. And like, you know, mm-hmm. and so for me, it's like, it's hard because. Like, I love Nene. Don't get me wrong. But I don't always agree with her because I can remember four years ago, girl, when you were campaigning for another black woman, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Baylor, Bailey, to get fired from the Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta. So mm-hmm. it is just a it's hard because it's like I want to believe you, but it seems that when you were with them things were fine and now when they seem to like want to end ties with you you are screaming discrimination and screaming this and screaming that now i am one on big on speaking up for diversity and discrimination um it just sometimes i feel like in situations like this that discrimination becomes a little self-serving it it comes a little self-serving and when you were the queen bee of bravo you weren't screaming that then and so it it looks very self-serving now at this point however i don't want to discredit anybody because i feel like people have the right to say what they want to say but i mean girl this was the management company that was managing you when bravo let you go and you were screaming discrimination so yeah, yeah. It it it. I don't know. It it. It's, but not to say that they couldn't have been discriminating against her as well. But it's just an interesting mm-hmm. development, and it seems that you know a lot of people are parting ways with Nini. And in my opinion, I feel like Nini is a queen. And you know, if you part ways with one of these companies, baby, keep it moving. Your Nini leaks. You've been here, there, everywhere. We know your talent. We know your worth. Get another deal and, you know, get yourself back out there or take this time to reevaluate yourself. Um, it, it, it's just a, a, a interesting situation. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I mean, I've never really been a Real Housewives of, a Real Housewives <laughs> fan, but I mean, I mean, everybody knows Nene Leakes, no matter you know whether or not you watch the show or not. And for to me, she's always been the face of the show, and I barely even watch it. I mean, I know most <laughs> of the memes, I know all of the quotes, all that stuff. I mean, that just kind of just spe- exactly that just speaks to the power that is Nene Leakes. Um, but 
I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the things that I've been, like, a lot of people, it doesn't seem to, like, your opinion doesn't seem to be an unpopular one to have. A lot of people have been sort of wondering where these, um, like, where, where are the receipts, girl? Because you say that you're talking, that you have, like, uh, months and months and maybe even years worth of, you know, uh, text messages and emails and voicemails alleging all of the discrimination and the abuse that you have been receiving over the years. And that's not really a, a tough sale to make. You know, like we know how right. black people get treated in the industry. We know how they get treated and how they're exploited in reality television. I mean, you can go as far to say that the Real Housewives of Atlanta really is just an exploitation of black women <laughs> anyway. Mm. So, we, I mean, Andy Cohen has been embroiled in so much controversy with this mm. for like for so long. So it really isn't it's not that far of a, of a jump in logic to assume that maybe there was something going down where, yeah, NeNe leaks a couple of months ago went to Bravo and said, you know what, I've been with the show for this long. I want a raise. I, I'm, I want to get paid more. And Bravo was like, you know what, no, we're not doing that. And so she's like, okay, well, then I'm not doing the show then. And then she leaves. And then all of a sudden, months later, more and more people in her circle began to drop like flies. And the thing is, it's like, yeah, is it, is, is it NeNe? Is it, because I feel like two things can be true at once. It could probably right. be she went there, she went to ask for more money. They told her no. She got frustrated. She started threatening to sue Bravo, all of this stuff. Then they were like, you know, well, this is a business. So if you're going to start doing that, then you can get up out of here, which then, you know, who knows what kind of like contractual obligations that she still has. Even if she is no longer returning to the show, she might not, she might still be under contract with Bravo so that she cannot pursue any other, uh, you know, endeavors while for this amount of time. And so now she's frustrated and she has all these things to say. And then what it's probably to me, it seems like to me, she probably, some of her team probably let her go. And then she probably got rid of, got rid of the rest of these people. And she's waiting on the perfect time to release more and more information. That's what it seems like to me, because if you have all of these receipts and everything, cause she tweeted it the other day that I have all this stuff that I'm going to come bring to the light. But then she deleted the tweet and it's like, well, why, why do that? You know what I mean? Like, who's advising you to do that? Like, if you have, if you have something to say, then say it. Because chances are people are going to believe you anyway. Because it's not, like I said before, like, it's not hard to make that jump in logic that right. you were being mistreated. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. I, I, I mean, I, I wish her well. I mean, know, yes, like, I, absolutely, I wish her well. Um, but you know, in the Bravo Housewives franchise series as a whole, their new direction that they're going is that they're get they're they're get they are, they are get. I don't know why I can't say this. They are getting rid. That's what I want to say. Not getting. <laughs> they are getting rid of their OG housewives. Like you know, Beverly oh, Hills. New blood? Yes, and so uh, I, I don't know what the necessary what the issue is. Um, well, that seems like a bad first one to chop. Like, well, no, that she wasn't. They have you know, Vicky, Tamara, Bethany. Um, uh, who else on the, uh it, it's been a couple of them like they are like they're phasing them out and i don't know if the, the their thought process is is that the new blood is more risky and you know willing to be scandalous and we're paying these OGs like i don't know but yeah. whatever it is is that i just 
I just, I don't like the suspense of it all. Like, Nene, if you got something, tell us so that we can be 100% supporting you. Like, kind of stop teasing it. And I, I don't know. It just feels a little weird. And so it's, like, hard for me to, like, want to support her because, like, you know, I stand behind black women. And I want to I wanna support them. But at sometimes it's like, girl, are you just, is, is this self-serving? Like, I don't know. I think, I think. Sometimes when it comes to like the entertainment industry, you know, there are some of these people, I mean, that that feel like either we, we all understand the system for what it is and how it can be extremely racist. Right. And I feel like there are people that try to get their foot in the door. Like people that are from disenfranchised communities, they try to get their foot in the door thinking that if they can reach a certain level of status and acclaim, that they're going to be able to change the very system that was grooming them to uphold the system. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, that's deep. Now that's deep. So and then when you get to that point where you feel like okay well now I didn't I didn't you know made y'all a bunch of money I am this I am Nene Leaks and you still realize that you still don't have as much power as you thought that you might have then it gets then you're like oh well hold on a damn minute like hold right. on like this I, I, y'all should be working for me now and it doesn't always work out that way I mean we're seeing something similar with um, the whole uh, Bachelor Bachelorette franchise oh. with Chris Harrison the host of the of the series having to step away from um from his hosting gig. We don't know if it's going to be permanent or if it's just going to be for now, but there's a contestant on the batch on the batch on the bachelor on the first black bachelor or the bachelor as I like to call him. <laughs> she he's she's like one of the last remaining girls thinking him is Rachel and she has like come under fire before having, you know, it's, um pictures pop up of her going to old South parties, old antebellum parties, you know, celebrating the old South and all that stuff and plantation lifestyle and mm. liking tweets with like make America great again mm. and uh, anti BLM tweets. And mm. one of her friends from college alleged that she used to make fun of her because she liked to date black guys. And mm. now she's on the bachelor mm. and the Chris Harrison had to like come for like, And then Rachel, um, Rachel Lindsay, the first, Black Bachelorette had like a whole sit down interview with Chris Harrison talking about oh well you know yeah like I just feel like this is just so this is just such a bad look and I feel like we just you know we need to move forward in reality television and stop casting people that have these dark Mm. histories and Mm. he was like well is it a bad look for her in 2018 or is it a bad look for her now oh no he didn't Exactly, and then uh, she's like, "It's a bad look, period." And period. so now Rachel, now Rachel is out here being like, "You know what? I'm so done with this." Like, yes, I still have some contractual obligations because the bachelor, the bachelorette has you know brought me a lot of things and a lot of opportunities, but I can't take it anymore. And I'm so, I'm so done with this. So it's <laughs> like Nene, it's no secret that there is a lot of like yes. effery that goes on in terms of reality television, but. We do need to see what it is that you're talking about, or else people are just going to assume that you are just down bad because you're down bad. And I, and I don't think that you are. I think that you're probably telling the truth, you know? So, right. Absolutely. I did not know that to you about The Bachelor. It's a mess. So, yeah, he had to, like, uh, step away and everything. We uh, don't know if it was going to be permanent, but it was such a bad look. Like, really? Like, oh, uh, it, it was a bad look in 2018. It was a bad look now. Like, 2018 wasn't even This that wasn't long that ago. long ago. It's a bad look then, and it's a bad look now. It was... Uh, okay. So, can I be honest about The Black 
Yes. <laughs> okay. This is kind of low off topic, but so I was really excited when they're like, "Oh my god, we're announcing the first Black Bachelor after how many seasons?" Mm-hmm. Right. Twenty five. So, okay. And so whenever it is the Bachelor, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time he's a white male, right? Mm-hmm. And. You know, the cast is very reflective of that. It's mostly white women, one black woman, one black Asian Mm -hmm. woman, like, you know. And so when they were hyping this season up before they revealed the cast, I was really excited because, like, oh, I'm like, oh, my God, if this is going to be a black bachelor, I am thinking that, oh, my God. 80% 80% of the cast, like, it's going to look as I was expecting it to, the cast to be reflective of how it is when there is a white bachelor. If you get what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. where I thought that, oh my God, it's going to be 80% black women, maybe, maybe two white women, maybe three, eight, like, you know what I mean? But I'm like, bitch, it's the same, ca- like, uh, like, it's the same cast. It, it, it's, it, it's all white women. Three black women and it's a black bachelor. I was like, oh, yeah, nope, I'm good. And, and on top of that, uh, like, Matt James oh, child. is mixed. <laughs> so, and there's uh, not, not that I have anything against biracial people but it's just it seems a tad disingenuous just a tad it's just a taste the anti-blackness in there when you're talking about having your first black bachelor but you're like well let's let's make him let's just let's not have him be all the way black let's just have him you know let's just ease into it you know what i mean it just feels kind of like what are we doing here? Like, what kind of message are we really sending? And then having to have him sit down on the very first episode and pretty much give out this disclaimer with Chris Harrison mm. saying, like, because Chris Harrison, you know, asked him, like, a, it was kind of like a soft hitting question. It really wasn't, they didn't really go as deep as they really could have. He's like, oh, yeah, so, you know, talk to me about the pressure that you must be feeling about now that you are the first black bachelor. And Matt James is like, well, yeah, like, I mean, I, I do, I am, I do come from a mixed race family my mother is white my dad is black so i just want i do feel a pressure to appease to both people and i really just want to make sure that i can you know have the opportunity to fall in love with whoever i want to and you know what great yeah that's fine of course of course fall in love with whoever you want to fall in love with i I have no problem with that but it just feels very like well guys right i don't want you guys getting pissed off if i don't choose a black girl it just feels so like it it feels like for me i saw and mind you i don't even follow it but i saw four interviews of him basically saying the pressures that he's felt to pick a black bachelorette a black Mm -hmm. like you know and i'm like well okay well clearly he's not going to pick one and then i'm like well baby what pressure it's only three of them there like so exactly i I just but anyway i digress it's giving me very big brother vibes but anyway um Let's move, okay. Let's move on to um, Alicia Taylor. Aaliyah. 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 I keep saying Alicia. Aaliyah Taylor, um, who was the girlfriend of Chad Wheeler, uh, and he was a former. Seahawk, Seattle Seahawks. He was like a wide receiver back in. I, you know, I don't, I don't know the or off all offense tackle. Okay, I, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I just know he wasn't the quarterback, and I know he he, he lined up with him. Um, <laughs> it came out that a couple of months ago, or maybe like a month ago, he like. When I say mutilated, beats Aaliyah like no 
end of the world and literally beat her in their home and left her in the home as if she were dead. And, you know, I don't support any type of physical abuse um, to anyone. And Mm -hmm. it is a a major for me. So anyway, I wanted to talk about this because she has now been speaking out. We just only saw the photos and she's now been speaking out. She's done an interview detailing the horrific incident of him beating her unconscious, then going in his living room, making something to eat and watching TV and she getting up and kind of like getting up and going into the bathroom and he says to her oh I thought you were I, oh you're still alive and uh. just crazy and for me the issue is is that why is this not headline news and I also want to say that Miss Aaliyah is a black female Mm-hmm. And Mr. Chad is a a white male, and he like that like there the coverage of this story has been so like non-existent. I literally heard this about the story from my friend Joey, who was like, "Did you hear about the story?" I was like, "No." He was like, and then sent me the link, and I like I had to look for the story, mm. and it's just again. The media assault on our black women is just, it's crazy. And for me, it's just mind-boggling. One, that the story is not being widely covered. And then two, now this might be something personal for me, but when you, when I do pull up the stories and when I do read them, the photos that they choose to pick for Chad Wheeler are... So interesting. I mean, they are, it's almost as if like Chad Wheeler is on The Bachelor. They are the most like, like, oh my God, this guy's a good Mm -hmm. guy. Like, it's just so interesting. However, when we think about media coverage of our men of color, when they get involved with some type of thing, the the first, they look to see if they got any jail photos. They look to see like, you know, it is the, Mm -hmm. the media portrayal of that is just so daunting to me that it's just like, wow, like it is really two societies. And then another thought process for me is I'm from Philadelphia. And so I'm not sure if you remember the Mike Vick situation where Michael Vick was, I believe at the time he played for the Eagles, and he was involved in some type of like dog fighting ring. Mm-hmm. And the way the media jumped on that Columbus story, Reds. okay, about a dog. Now, I'm not saying, like, I don't condone any of that. You know, I love my pets. I love my animals. But I'm just saying, like, about a dog. I mean, that story was everywhere. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And here we are, Chad Wheeler on the Seahawks beating a black female. And the story is non-existing. And then when we see the story, it's a photo of him, like, in modeling pictures. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh! It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, w- when you originally texted the topics for this week, I hadn't heard of it either. And that's... Right. That's insane. Like, it's... I mean, you, you do some research and you see the pictures, and it's just like, oh, my God. Like, this, like... 
She's animal, this be, animal. Lucky to be alive. Like she was, she was beaten. Like she has, like she has, like like steel plates and stuff in her arm now. Per, like she's gonna have for the rest of her life. Like she was beat to with like an inch of her life. And yes, there's like and, no like oh my god, cancel Chad Wheeler, get him out of here. I mean he's he's definitely. I mean he's you know he's not playing and he's gonna be in court. Um, he has a court set date for um. For I think why is he not in jail or something? But well, exactly, and it's just it's crazy, and it's like I mean, it, especially with that footage and all of that, and Ugh. why like why why isn't she being interviewed more? It's just it's it's absolutely insane. Like he deserve like, and the, the and the thing is, he's like, oh, um, I like he he ple- he pled not guilty to like all of like the domestic violence charges and then he said later on that like the results of like what happened that night were a result of like a manic episode. Ah. So you're trying to plead not guilty because you're saying because you have bipolar disorder that's what led you to beat somebody. So you're saying that bipolar people are naturally violent? Get the hell out of here. Like he ah. d- he needs to be under the jail under the oh, job because okay. he could have killed this woman and yeah I, the fact that they're really could have I just think of crazy. The, the, the trauma that she will now have to endure in and not every to mention relationship. all the people that are going to say to her like oh well you put yourself in the situation oh, right. da, 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 you were probably a gold digger anyway you were only there for this money and he probably it, like it's just all the horrible things that people are going to say about her when she was the one that was beaten like she it, didn't do it to herself y'all. right it's just it's just crazy and my thing is like where are the it's just crazy and i don't understand and i don't understand why as a society are we not outpouring our love and support to her like we are the gorilla glue girl yeah <laughs> that's what i want to know to be honest yep it's just like it, it it's it's just sad and again i just I like to use my podcast to bring light to these situations. When I say there's a double standard, there is a double standard. And it, it just does not, for me, make sense. And again, the first thing that I could think of was like the Michael Vick situation. And I was just like, oh my God. Well, one, he was in jail. Two, the way they villainized him was just mm-hmm. like, I mean, sponsorships being, t- it was just plastered all over the news. And for this situation, it, it's like you have to look to find it. It's, 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 it's like they're trying to bury it. Yep. And I, I, I don't understand. But okay, I'm I'm gonna digress on that animal because he is an animal and he he deserves to go to jail. Um, next story is the our, our last one is that we've got Justin Timberlake issuing an apology to Miss Britney Spears and to Janet Jackson. Now this slow sti- clap. <laughs> this stems from the Framing Britney, a documentary that came on FX, and I don't really want to go too much into that because, listen, Purple Pants Posse, I am covering Framing Britney next week, so make sure you tune in to that episode because, ooh, you won't want to miss it. But essentially, um, they talk about how the spiraling of Britney Spears' career, and they allege that the start of it was when she was in this very high profile relationship with Justin Timberlake. They broke up and they say that Justin weaponized that breakup to launch his solo career and really painted Britney out to be that to cheat 
in the relationship and to uh, have broke his heart. And so, you know, cry me a river, babe. <laughs> cry. Like, you know, they say that that video was depicting of, you know, Justin finding out that Britney was cheating on him. And he really used that to he weaponized that as him as the victim when we when we the people don't know anything that happened in that relationship and mm-hmm. so and and how it kind of sort of led Britney down this what was just the start of this spiraling and how he's never really apologized for that and then I guess when people when this story came out and they were like you know saying this about Britney um, and they're saying how like you know you owe Britney an apology and then you know First of all, it's Black History Month. So, you know, Black Twitter was like, baby, if he owed Britney an apology, then he damn sure owe Janet Jackson an apology from their Super Bowl finasco. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the Super Bowl finasco, you know, the, the highly publicized performance of Justin Timberlake and Janet. They did that boom, 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 boom. And then... They alleged a wardrobe malfunction, but we later learned that it was actually a part of the performance that like a portion of Janet's boob was supposed to come out, but supposed to be covered. And then when it happens, you know, the media, guess who they vilified? Yep. The black woman, Janet Jackson and Bebe, instead of standing in solidarity with the icon that is Janet, shout out to her celebrating 35 years of control and shout out to all of y'all that made control go number one on iTunes. Cause listen, we celebrate our black queens here. Hey, hey, Miss Janet. Um, you know, instead of standing in solidarity with the icon that is the living legend that is Janet Jackson, Baby, he distanced himself so far away from mm-hmm. the situation and just in similar stance to him weaponizing the Britney relationship, he almost used that momentum of against Janet to, again, further his career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here we are that now, you know, the culture of our society has changed and he issued this apology. Now, here's what I will say. I appreciate him for issuing the apology. And in the apology, he basically, you know, he says that this male driven misogynistic culture um, that you know he as a white man in this music industry and world is privileged he was unaware of or did not see his privilege and it has been brought into his attention and he wants to do his part to take a stand and although this apology is a bit late he wants to own up and be accountable for his actions and wants to take steps in the right direction so for that I can't, you know, I can't drag him. I'm not, I, mean, I like Justin Timberlake from what I know. But, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. That's definitely a step in the right direction. But, I mean, I, years later, and I, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's as almost as if it is to avoid, to avoid a backlashing of yourself. Justin Timberlake has I mean it just seems like to me 
Like, why did it, like, why is it like pulling teeth with these people? I don't understand. It's like, it's this, is, this isn't new. It's the same thing with like with the with the whole bachelor thing. It's like people have been telling you to apologize to Janet for years, and like, and I get it. I get it. I get it. You were young at the time. You were just now coming up. This was in the age of like, you know, all of these. I mean, it's people. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. But I understand that social media wasn't the way that it was. Now you were able to sort of like really um, use your white privilege shield, and yes, <laughs> use your white privilege and sh- shield yourself from all of the backlash that you were getting because people were talking trash about Justin Timberlake for that for a long time. But be- without you know, without the power of social media. You know what I mean? There wasn't as I mean he has he was able to fill his corner with more yes people saying like oh you did nothing wrong you're fine you're gonna be okay like let her take the fall for it you're gonna be good just you 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 go this way and then you can go ahead and keep selling your albums and being the, you know the, the the prince of pop or whatever the hell you wanted to call yourself so it's just this this isn't anything new and the fact that we are at this point now where a lot of people are being forced to you know reckon with their past behavior and purge themselves of of the racist ideologies and behavior that they've been you know participating in for years at a time I understand that it's a lot of unlearning to do I get it so like on one hand I always want to give people grace for that because I think that everybody has the capacity well I won't say everybody but I think that most people have the capacity for change I believe that but at the same time it's like well, you have to get ra- you have to get dragged over the coals for this because people have been telling you to do this for years and you pretty much said oh no no, I mean even as recent as 2016, when Jesse Williams had that that uh, that speech at the BET Awards, you know, pretty much you know going in talking about how we need to start you know protecting Black artistry and we need to start protecting Black lives and Black Lives Matter, yada yada yada, all this all this really and really important stuff. And then Justin Timberlake, you know, tweets the uh, uh, retweets a video of the speech saying like, "Oh my goodness, like Jesse Williams, I'm so inspired." And then a local Philadelphia journalist was like, er, okay, Ernest, so does this mean... Er, yes, er, Mr. Yes. Ernest! Exactly, yes. I forgot his name. He was like, okay, so does this mean that you're gonna stop appropriating our culture and finally mm. apologize to Janet too? Mm. And then his response was like, oh, you sweet soul, the more you realize that we are the same, the more we can have a conversation. Bye. What? Mm. Mm-mm-mm. And then, you know, people are saying that this is just I, I read this that like, you know, the backlash from the Britney fans is has led him to make this apology. But yet it's from the Britney fans, but not in, like, you know, like, but not from this black woman, Jada Jackson. It's like, you know, she don't owe an apology herself. You got to lump them all in together. I, mm, I mean, listen. And, and you know they say that Justin Timberlake has made a career for himself appropriating R&B music and saying that it's pop. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot to break down. And it is, I mean, it, it's just a lot. Again, there is a, a, a there, there's a double standard that exists. And, and a that, lot of people are like, oh, well, I, I, how many times do you guys want him to apologize? Guys, it, he didn't. Yes. He didn't. So it's like, yeah, we can't move on. And you know, Janet Jackson's career took a a a huge spiraling after that. I mean, but she is the icon that she is and that she has risen above. I mean, she was like literally banned from like CBS or whatever the nation, whatever the, the station. I, I, but it, it, it just was, again, the amount of backlash, the amount of sponsorships, the amount of money, the amount of things that they threw at her. 
Mm-hmm. And nothing to him. It's just crazy. Um, and for me, I like Justin Timberlake's music. I don't, you know, I'm happy for this apology. But for me, I am tired of, you know, the verbal lip service. Like, let's mm-hmm. actually see action. Let's actually, you know, like, let's actually put your mouth where your money is. Let's, like, you know, stand on something. Exactly. Like, I'm just, I mean, I think people are always tweeting, like, you know, another day, another notes up apology. And that's really, <laughs> that's really what it comes down to now. It's just always, someone is always having to apologize. And a lot of it is because of the fact that they are forced to do so because now, now that we are reaching this change, which, you know, which I'm glad about. I'm glad that we are reaching a point where people are beginning to realize that, you know, we can't, we can't stop happen for people y'all like we can't just be like we can't stop like dismissing it it's like oh well that was a thing of the past that was a thing guys like this has been going on for so long and people are so tired and while you are sitting here trying to find your voice or figure out where it is that you effed up which you should be doing you should never apologize because people are telling you to you should apologize when you realize what your error was right so like i don't want to i want to be clear here and that i i believe that apologies are necessary but at the same time when are we going to get to the point where like what, like where people just stop engaging in the behavior to begin with. Like, can we get well, to that point? You know, like <laughs> it seems like, like well, it seems like an uphill battle. But I, um, I'm just happy that things are coming to light, and I'm happy that we are people are able to see the double standard to see their privilege to see the misogynistic culture the racist culture and call it out and i think that it starts by actually calling it out and which is why i am grateful for this space of the casualty that you and i can have where we can discuss these topics and really give our point of view on them and um, i'm just grateful for it and i I, baby i'm i'm excited for next for the next two weeks to to tackle the next casualty with amar and bang Yes, I'll be back. I'll be. Yes. I'll be here every two weeks. To just yes, sip, sip, sip it up. Thank you. <laughs> but before you go, let the people know what is going on over there in Drag Race and where they can follow you. Yes, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Amon Advent. I am still going strong with the season thirteen coverage of Drag Race. We are going to be recording later today for episode. Is it episode six? Episode five? Uh, girl, I don't know. It's been it's been quite a Ooh. season already. I think it's episode six. <laughs> so yeah, you can just uh, search that uh, over at RHAP as well. And um, yeah, Big Brother Canada going to be starting up soon so you can catch me over there as well i think they said get a job step you up okay (laughs) ogs madison yes (laughs) be yourself bitch (laughs) step your pussy up honey Ah! get a job own a Ah! business bitch suck a i'll leave the last we gotta go (laughs) bye Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week, Bang Bang, and ooh, 
listen, this one is a freaking freak. So, you know, over the weekend, I was minding my business because, you know, I ain't had nothing to do. I ain't had no nobody loving on me. Nobody text me. Nobody. Will. Listen, Bryce, get over it. Okay, you order for the week. Okay, sorry. So, you know, I was scrolling through the Instagram, minding my business, and I, baby, I came across this post from none other than Abby Maria Gomez. Okay, you know, my survivor sister, the Brazilian princess. Okay, the sequester queen. Listen, Abby took to her Instagram this weekend, and listen, she was, she wasn't gorilla glued to no pole, baby. She was up on a pole. Listen, doing a little pole workout or a dance, and the caption read, Natasha wishes you all a happy Valentine's Day. Lost in a vibe. Now, what I'm trying to figure out, is Natasha her alter ego? Is Natasha her pole dancing name? Well, listen, if you've seen the video, Abby is up on there, swinging on the pole, on the floor, doing some mood. Listen, do Abby, do I need to get myself a pole? Because, listen, I don't even know what my, um, what my pole name would be. I don't know. Ooh, it would have to be something like, I don't even know. I would, my pole name would be Zachary. <laughs> don't ask me why. But listen, Abby Maria Gomez or Natasha, whoever was up on that thing, getting it popping. Okay. She, listen. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, go Abby. Listen, where my, where my dollar bills at? Listen, Abby was killing it. So you know what to do. Go over to Abby's Instagram page, the Abby Maria. Okay. And let her know she the freak of the week. Babe, babe, let her know her and Natasha is the freak of the week. Okay. Hashtag freak of the week. Take the purple pants podcast and let her know. Let Natasha know and let Abby know. Okay. You might need to do two tags. Tag Abby and tag Natasha because she is serving it. But I really did hear that pole dancing is really good exercises. Okay. Listen, you, and you know me. I'm all about the exercise. Well, if Abby Maria Gomez slash Natasha is the freak of the week, then it means we have come to an end of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for listening. You know your baby boy appreciates it. Please do not use no Gorilla Glue in your body, eyes, or hair, okay? Leave that to the tiles, ceramic, and wood, okay? That's your disclaimer for this weekend. If you have not already, please subscribe to my podcast, the Purple Pants Podcast, on the Apple Podcast platform or the Spotify platform or listen you can get it from uncle pookie in the back of your truck okay just don't slip on no ice make sure you write a review make sure you give your baby boy some five stars okay and tell a friend to tell a cousin to tell a mother to tell your valentine to tell your zaddy to tell your hot girl to tell abby maria gomez to tell natasha to tell zachary that it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants it's the purple pants it's the purple pants podcast you better get your headphones and listen up quick the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.